My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. It's the final Irishman in America episode before our summer break. And it's almost as if the US political news cycle is slowing down on purpose to allow us our break, Marion. That being said, Kevin McCarthy has been backpedaling furiously after claiming (laughs) Donald Trump might not be the strongest presidential candidate. I mean, not that far out there a statement to make, but there's an awful lot to shake out over the next two months before the first GOP debate on August 23rd. I'm dying to get your take on this Tuberty Tubsity scandal. Is it a scandal? Is it a controversy? It certainly has people extremely angry over here. And when you do measure it up against scandals and the inverted commas around that in relation to America, it's so small fry, isn't it? Tiny. It's tiny. And, you know, that's not to, I'm out of the loop here in in things like, you know, salaries and whatever, but I'm not sufficiently out of the loop not to know that you know what you make. You know, you mm. do know what you make. And, and, and that's the bottom line, you know. Yeah, and, that, that's and one I, of the funniest yeah. kind of pieces yeah. of uh, analysis of this. That when you're, when you're earning a certain amount of money, you don't check what's going into your account. Bullshit, you don't. That's exactly when you check what's going into your account. Unless you're Sting. Do you remember Sting? His account took six million and he didn't even notice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's that level. And and when you're talking about American TV show hosts and personalities of the realm of Ellen DeGeneres, that is Sting level. That's $50 million a year. Oh, and then some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, I did look up just um, before we started chatting. I did look up, you know, the, the the American. I mean, for starters, okay, I know people are going to go, "Are you kidding me?" But and certainly, I don't know any journalists who make half a million a year. Mm. None, not even close. I don't know any journalists who make really even a quarter of that. Like anyone I know who works in print journalism, whatever, they're on very, very modest salaries by and large. So, I mean, but having said that, half a million a year is not that much. I mean, you've got Joe Rogan and his podcast and he did his $100 million deal. You had Tucker Carlson, who we know was on at least $20 million a year before he was fired. You have Howard Stern, who's still, even though he's long since, you know, been ready to be put out to pasture, he's still pulling in $90 million a year, <laughs> you know, for, for his serious radio show. Yes. Uh, Rush Limbaugh was on $77 million a year or thereabouts. You know, these salaries, the, the American media stars 
guys like Ryan Seacrest, as you said, Ellen DeGeneres, Oprah, they were all making tens and tens and tens of millions a year. And uh, the ones who were doing radio and TV, as I said, like Seacrest, they were making a hundred times right. probably, well, maybe not a hundred, but certainly, you know, 50 times easily, comfortably what, what uh, Ryan Tuberty is making. But is, that, and, you know, is, is that in the centre of this though, Marion? That like the whole centre yeah. of this is the inappropriate comparison and that RTE salaries were forever compared to BBC salaries yeah. when in fact you've got 70 million license fee payers. That's right, versus you, you, four you, or five or whatever. Yeah. And you also have competition. One of the reasons Seacrest is paid what he is at E is because they know that any number of stations would love to snap him up. Yeah. The comparison yeah. I always make in terms of this is you, if you want Frankie Dettori to be the stable jockey for your horse racing situation, you pay yep. him just above what your competitor is willing to pay. There is yeah. nobody willing to pay these stars these huge fees. So is it the case, Marion, that there is a there is a comparison to be made to a similar US scandal in that an inflated whale of a company, an Enroni type company, where the people giving out the money are also being paid too much and therefore need to justify their salary by paying other people more money. Like it's, it's oh, a kind yeah. of a crazy if, spiral. If you go to, you know, I think the one, my one thought with this is now, now I um, contribute to the Claire Byrne show fairly regularly and I have huge respect She's for Claire Byrne as yeah. a journalist. She really is. And I, she was very honest and forthright and she came out and, and, you know, said what her salary was. And I thought, my God, this woman and it is woman, you know, and this is a key to it in my view. Mm -hmm. You know, Joe Duffy, as he said, Tuberty O'Carroll, etc. Um, like she makes, I can't, I, is it 280, she said, or whatever. Anyway, substantially less than men make for what are, in my view, much easier shows. They're kind of chatty morning shows or whatever. Her show every day is impeccably researched. It covers every news important story of the day. And there's work that goes into that every time I feel, and people have said this to me, you listen to that show, you feel smarter afterwards. You know, and, and you, yeah, there's no, a different, I hear all of that. there's a different need. Uh, Brian, Ryan Tuberty's show is not meant to be a hard news show. It was meant to be, I assume, a bit of morning fraught, entertaining, whatever. It's a different show, but don't tell me that the work that goes into that show is more than what was going into. And that's okay. nothing against Ryan Tuberty. He's delivering what he was asked to deliver. Hmm. And by the way, he is a really good broadcaster. So, I, you know, I... So much of the yeah. anger, though, Marion, really hinges on these colossal paychecks, I think, in a time of austerity and, and the cost of living crisis that I'm sure you've seen this again to draw this back again to the US controversies that something can become a lightning rod for a lot of anger around something else. Yes, and exactly, that, exactly. You know, I used to look at those figures that were published in the paper and think, why is nobody kicking up a fuss over this? And I do remember when these these fees were so much higher. But it is the thing that really gets people's back up in Ireland, and you could tell me if this happens in America too, is the duplicity, is the the posing as one thing and being something else behind the scenes. Yeah, it's always the cover up. Now, I don't know. It seems to me like it, at the moment, as we're speaking, 
that the Grant Thornton report, I believe, suggests that D. Thornton, or um, I beg uh, your pardon, D. Forbes was the um, it, that the the book kind of stopped with her in terms of of the the concealing of this. Now, I thought that Ryan Tuberty's initial statement was pretty ungracious because it is his job to know. As a presenter, and to, to just lob the ball back at RTE. Oh yeah, um, and he had to walk you know, that back uh, right away. Yeah, and 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 deservedly so. Honestly, there are so many aspects to this, and I think you're right that the COVID, so many people suffered so much during COVID, and if there is a a sort of a you know, you're led to believe, whether directly or obliquely or whatever, that everybody is taking the same hit. Um, and I think it would be very difficult for Ryan Turbidy because, you know, as you know, in RT or anywhere, you work very closely with your production team. And if all of your staff and your researchers and your producers and your gang, basically, you know, your crew, mm. if they're all, you know, some of them, they could be on 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 a year, maybe. Mm-hmm. But, they're, you know, 15% of that is a lot when a you're lot. on that level. Yes. We took um, pay cuts uh, for shows that I do as a contributor, all of those were cut and you're only talking like for all these, as you know, nothing gets above 70 or euros or thereabouts and that would be the very top, you know and even that gets cut. So, yeah, I think it did make people certainly people I've spoken to in RGE are really, really upset but I think just putting the whole thing in perspective, it's not, I are their salaries excessive? No, I don't think they are. Not for the work they do. I don't think Ryan Tuberty, who did take a, a you know a huge pay cut back in 2013 when there was real pain as well after after the the financial crisis. Uh, you know, I remember pre- presenters in RTE being on about 800 grand a year back mm-hmm. in the mid early yeah, mid 2000s. That, that's what I was referencing. I remember so, those yeah. figures. I th- I would disagree with you, Marion. I I I think they are excessive. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry, I disagree because I, I've said this this week that the people I feel I feel for um, among all the people that I feel for in this are the many, many colleagues, friends and uh, people I know who went mm-hmm. to RT. Great ideas, mm-hmm. great drive. And yeah. we're told there's no money. There is no money for that. Yeah. There's no money for you. Yeah. Uh, you may forget this. Uh, and yeah. if you think that's going to fly in Ireland with us, we've no money. Those people either quit, went abroad or started their own thing. In my case, yeah. I probably did all three to some extent. Indeed. Yep. <laughs> and, you know, I've lived to tell the tale and I'm one of the very few. I found it very hard this week to listen to kind of company men like Joe Duffy say things like, oh, sure, I suppose RT is no good at all. Usher were terrible. And that I thought was like (laughs) really abusive, emotionally emotionally abusive parenting at its worst, where it's like, I can't take an issue with something you've done as a parent because of all the great stuff you've done for me in the past. Oh, I must be a terrible mother. I must be terrible. Mm -hmm. And it it just it it made me lunge across the room to turn off the radio. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I I missed that one. (laughs) uh, Frequently, I do that. 
And again, maybe it's because I'm a bit out of the loop, but I got a bit bored by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Really, I did. I was a bit like, it's like, okay, Jesus Christ, we heard it. We know it's wrong. It's appalling. Yes, D Forbes absolutely should be out straight away. I don't think Ryan Tubney's ever going to work in RTE again, is he? I mean, I don't know. That seems to be the impression and that he has. And, you know, again, I have a personal fondness. I don't know him personally, but I've always liked Ryan Tubney. I've always thought he was a fundamentally decent guy so yes it is mm. it is disappointing that he would that he would do this mm. and i think it must be really tough for his team i don't know maybe they knew maybe his team all knew maybe more people naughty knew than we know but but yeah the whole thing stinks but you know what i think there's a lot more going on in the world and that's mm, my I, view, quite I, frankly i i don't i don't i don't buy the line that you know there's there's bigger t- things going on out there because Oh, really? Exactly. I can think. No, of I know there's. A half a, a I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm not saying that there isn't. But yeah. I don't buy the line that that's why we all need to relax about this. Uh, this is taxpayers' money, and this yeah. is a toxic culture that's been dicking about with mm-hmm. our money for too long. And if you consider how little they have fostered new talent, and why so many of their presenters are in their fifties and above. There is a slurosis, I think, in RT. There is that, like, you know, slaughtering way of thinking that somebody's in there and the longer they're in there, the, the worse it will be if they left. Whereas, in fact, probably the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. You know, that well, after tell, a certain point, everybody goes past their sell-by date. What, what happens in America, uh, to come back around to our podcast, how are controversies like this dealt with there? Because I remember the period, and probably Boris Johnson was a big part of this. The end of the falling on your sword in British politics. As I studied it in UCD, the understanding was that in British politics, if your dog license was out of date, you would resign, Madam Speaker. You (laughs) would, and you did the stiff upper lip (laughs) and you apologised and you were grievously sorry, but by God, you were going to to commit Harry Carey and and you wouldn't even flinch at the pain. (laughs) Exactly, completely. Down with your ship, saluting the sky. Those days are over. But in the US, uh, there still seems to be a bit of, um, uh, you go down and you take take your lumps. And then uh, no. you begin your comeback story. <laughs> no, oh, okay. doesn't well, America actually, love a comeback story? You know story? what? You you're right about the comeback, but what ha- America is very strange. And I remember one of the things somebody said to me first uh, when I arrived. You know, God, it was twenty years ago. I went there for the first time, but um, and they they pretty well said. Everybody is fine in America. Everybody loves a comeback story, but if you mess with their money, it's over. It's over. (laughs) So, you know, they don't care if you shoot their husband or their wife. They don't care if you burn their house down. They don't care if you, if you, you know, have 20 affairs with their beloved or whatever, but you take their money and that's it. That's That's it. it. (laughs) And as well, the other thing is that you will be put up with, and Tucker Carlson exhibit A here, you will be, no matter how obnoxious you are, no matter how greedy, no matter how vulgar, so long as you are making them money. They will protect you to the bitter end. The second it looks like you're becoming a, a financial liability, not a moral liability, not an any other type of liability. But the second it looks like the money's drying up, then you're out. 
then mm. you're out. So it really does come down to the greenback. Everything, you know, in, and I know that sounds a bit crude to put it that way, but it's true. Like Tucker Carlson was on before the Dominion scandal. And now we do, we have heard, of course, that they said part of this deal is we want him gone. We want to go. I don't know if that was actually, I doubt that was the reason, but I do know that advertisers had been boycotting his show in droves to the point that it was really starting to hurt. And that, I believe, was the impetus to get rid of them. That, that, um, Dominion may have given them an excuse, but I think that it was because all of the lucrative, apart from the my pillow guy, you know, um, Mike Lindell, but all of the big lucrative advertisers Advertisers had really pulled away from Carlson and just said, we can't, we can't do this anymore. It's too toxic. We cannot advertise around this show. And I, and this was the problem with Carlson. And, and of course, then he went off and went on Twitter or whatever he's doing. And immediately now he's gotten a cease and desist from Fox. So they, they will go to war with him now if they have to, because it's all about money. Mm. There's no, you know, and, and, but, you know, advertising media is a ruthless business. You know, we talk about Wall Street or Enron or any of those. But, you know, if if you start costing people like Bill O'Reilly, another one, they had to pay out three million um, for the, the series of sexual assaults and scandals. It was costing them money. And that was why he had to leave. You think you think they gave a damn about the fact that he was harassing women? No, it was just that the cost benefit analysis started going in the wrong direction. And, and that was when they got rid of him. Well, I'm trying to find the right comparison, the right American comparison here. There isn't really one. Is, is I, Martha I was, Stewart you know, would be the name that comes up. And I know it's on such a bigger scale and it's insider trading and all the rest of it. But I, what I'm looking for is how a person, like what I said to Mikey about this this week, my son, Michael, I said, this is a brilliant lesson for you and your friends to learn where if you detect a screw up that you are involved in, put yeah. your hand up. Put your hands up. Just put and your say, hands up. I'm giving yeah. back this money. I never should have got this if we weren't declaring it. Have it yeah. back. I said that to Tina that that one move would have probably got this man back in business. He'd probably be back on the radio right now. Oh, with a vengeance and with so much respect yeah. as well. You know, the, it, the lesson is never learned. And it's maybe it's just human nature that you don't want to have to come out and go, yeah, you know what, this is wrong. You don't want to have to. But it, you're right that the lesson for any kid out there and any adult, because it's adults who really seem to screw this one up and any politician and every politician just fess up just say look mm. sorry screwed up own here it. this is wrong yeah. own it you know it doesn't matter maybe you didn't realize it but you're telling them now anyway just come out and and get it over and done with and and, and then you move on um, martha stewart you see i think and i think it is important to point out and the grant thornton report did say that legally ryan tuberty did nothing wrong so I, I think we just do need to be clear on that. Now, I don't know. I assume D Forbes so far, there's been no question that she did anything illegal either. It's more of the stench of, of uh, around it that, that is the real problem. So I think just to be clear on the podcast, there's no suggestion of any illegal behavior around this at the moment. Um, it's certainly none as regards Tuberty at all. But yeah. and, and 
I don't know. I mean, there, you know, this thing is ongoing within RT. We'll see what it turns up. But, but um, I think with Martha Stewart, now she went to prison for, she had, it was insider trading of a type that was pretty mild with $65,000 or whatever. It wasn't the Enron billions or it wasn't the, the crass greed that you see. Like the, the, but she came back and there she is now. She's making more money than ever. She's on the cover of Swimsuit Illustration in her swimsuit at 81. She's rolling joints with Snoop Dogg baking herself to beat the band. Yeah, with, but how did... Him. Uh, what, her what, life ain't that bad. How'd you know, she do it, she, though? This is my question. Like, look at Willie Nelson, a country music singer we all know uh, and love, Marion Love. Yes, love, Lots of yes. financial problems. It was 16.7 yeah. million tax bill later yeah. negotiated down to 6 million. One of the yeah. largest ever issued at the time. But he failed yeah. to pay back the amount and in 1990, officials raided his home, took That's all right. of his belongings from him. Yeah, yes. and his friends bought them all back, and they put all the stuff up for auction, and nobody would buy it because they all love Willie. <laughs> that's, so that's a good lesson. I mean, <laughs> that's the because, level. You know, I think the thing with Willie Nelson was look. He called himself an outlaw from the get go. It's yeah. like with Donald Trump. It's like I told you I was, you know, yeah, I, told I am you what I, was I am. Mad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You all knew I was mad. But with Willie Nelson, he was such and is such a good guy. He wasn't good with the taxes. He wasn't good with the money. He wasn't putting it into big houses. He was living on a bus. You know, people were. He just wasn't paying attention. Basically, mm. was was I think what it came down to, and and I think that people really kind of got that that this was not a mercenary guy, this was not a money obsessed guy. He was just like, yeah, you know, he was a bit stoned for eighty years, <laughs> and that, that he didn't really take care of business. Tell uh, me, so tell I, me this, man, because yeah. you, you know you've lived through in the states some of the biggest financial uh, scandals and crises. Uh, which yeah. one and which person caused the most? upsetment and as you say pissed offness or resentment is it one of the ponzi schemes is it enron uh, which was is it bernie madoff you know for me it was enron i i have to say in terms of the revulsion i remember feeling about that because you know uh, ken lay and and the other guy shilling and and andy fastow what they did i mean for starters they they but that cost the company what seventy billion or thereabouts. But the way they made that money was in causing brownouts in California very deliberately, and those brownouts in turn caused the recall of Gray Davis, who was a decent guy and a decent governor, and they knew all this was happening, and the suffering that they caused, not just to their shareholders and, and the wealthy people as they enriched themselves and as, as they created havoc, and they didn't just do it on one level, their practices, their corporate culture on every level was so disgusting, so crooked, and, and they were such repugnant people as well. Um, yeah, and, and Madoff went after tiny people as well. Surely that Madoff one... went after his friends, he went after his buddies, he went after Richard, he went after people with a few bob. But the Enron people, like a lot of people in Texas who did not have money, who were basically, and there is this thing in America that even if you're working in McDonald's, you might think, well, I'll buy a few shares in Enron or I'll buy a few shares in maybe Apple or whatever, because you've got nothing else. You don't own your own home. So many more people in America own shares than in Europe. You know, it's 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 one of those things. And uh, so, yeah, so poor people and people who really can't afford to suffer really do suffer in those situations. Mm. And yet Bernie Madoff was absolutely 
absolutely despicable as well. I think there was a thing with Madoff that he was sort of mad that he really did think he could cover all this and he could pay it back. And a bit like a gambler goes, OK, I'm going to put my last five. And this is not mm. to excuse them. But if you've been at the races all day, you've lost every penny and all you've got left is a fiver home for your boss. And you say, OK, feck it. I'm going to put it on this hundred to one. And then, you know, that might then nobody has to know I lost all my money today. <laughs> and, everybody, yeah. and the, you know, the, the kids Christmas money or whatever, you know, so. Sure, it's and like I a Nick Leeson type destructive tense. Exactly. to him. Yeah. And I think Madoff, there was a bit of that, but there was also huge arrogance and massive greed. But with Enron, it was systemic. They were doing this. They knew they were doing it. They were boasting about each other. They were high-fiving each other about it. They believed they were so smart that they were able to screw over everybody else and they wouldn't even notice. And I, I really did find that that was... It, like, as I say, in my years of covering the States, that was the one scandal that just I really just found so nauseating. Mm-hmm. And of course, they were protected. They knew the Bushes. They knew their buddies, you know, Kenny Boy. And they were filling the coffers of Republicans to look the other way. They were playing it from all sides, you know. Well, and, it, and Like, it is yeah. closer to the Tuberty thing. Like, and I said, leave Tuberty. <laughs> no, but leave Tuberty out of this for a minute. But like, yeah, yeah. I, it's the RTE scandal because... At the end of the day, my parents asked me about what's going on here. I said, this is much more to do with my time studying business than it does with my time in entertainment, because this is just about not financially uh, being truthful and yeah. being honest about where money is and where money's going. Now, there's the there's like another layer of icing on it, which is that people were being overpaid at a time when everybody was taking cuts and that leads to the Mm -hmm. revulsion. But it's much closer to a general electric accounting scandal from 2016-17 where they're failing to disclose the true source of much of its reported profits. And Mm -hmm. in that way, I wonder, are we just not comparing like to like when we mention Martha Stewart and Willie Nelson? That it's actually, it's just RTE is just a shitty company that's just been up to no good on a significant level, but it's shone a light or put a magnifying glass on bigger issues. Honestly, again, I I don't think anything we've spoken about up to now, you're right, there's no like with like. I'm not seeing an intent, though, or a corporate culture. You know, and and maybe the Grant Thornton report will come out. And this might be the lawyer in me that I want to see the evidence. I want to see the evidence Mm. before I make any kind of a conclusion. I'm not seeing a huge scandal there. I'm seeing what seems to have been, as you said, a one-off deal. Nobody else seems to have got it where... Maybe um, D Forbes felt, oh God, we have to keep Ryan Tuberty. We have to keep Ryan Tuberty. Yeah, I can't um, be the you know, one to lose Ryan. Yeah, I can't be the one to lose Ryan Tuberty because, you know, and so I'm not really seeing it as a huge conspiracy, a huge scandal. I'm seeing it as lousy governance and a very pathetic cover up, you know, mm. really is, is what I'm seeing. I can't get that excited about it, honestly, <laughs> to be quite honest. Okay, well, what do we have to get excited about? Let's leave okay. it there. I'd say that everybody right. listening is like, finally, now yeah. that's that's yeah, water okay, under the bridge. Up, enough already. Yeah. What do we <laughs> have to? On. What do we have to look forward to? We said at the start of the show we're going to look a little bit forward as to what to expect. Now that we've got four weeks off and a big month in August coming up, what are we to we look do. forward to, Marion? 
Okay, well, now, depending on how you define look forward, uh, we, we, we do have... You know our um, listeners. <laughs> we, we do have the Donald Trump um, tentative. Well, the trial date is set for August 14th, um, as we know. Um, the United States versus Donald J. Trump and That's it for part one of my conversation with Marion McKeown this week on The Irishman in America. Coming up in part two over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad, Marion looks back on a really eventful week in Russia and Ukraine. What happens next and where do Democrats and Republicans stand on it? And as she mentioned, she'll be looking forward to the Donald Trump trial that is on the horizon. There's so much more to come in the second half of the show. You'll want to get over there to hear it. That's how we support the show. That's how we make the show. Your support for five euros a month is what keep the lights on at Irishman Abroad. I am, of course, as I said, on this four week break for the first time in 10 years. I'll be stockpiling ideas, questions. So keep them coming in to Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to everyone who has come out to see me on tour this week. I just finished a night in Newcastle last night, heading to Edinburgh and Glasgow, then on to Liverpool, Armagh and Tralee. And then that's it for Jarzilla. We've added, of course, a third night at the Olympia Theatre in Dublin. And I'd love you to come out and see that. It's six months away. It's mad to think the two of them are almost sold out. Hopefully I'll see you over on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad.